Well, um, hello, uh, my name is John Erickson, and uh, this is our, uh, I think it's our third episode of the podcast, and I'm here with um, Abby. Hello. And with Juan. Howdy, folks. And we're just uh, three community managers uh, sitting in a room talking about um, about Stack Exchange and Stack Overflow. And today we're going to talk about questions. And I, I had a question for... Um, well, for both Abby and Juan, have you ever heard the expression, there's no such thing as a bad question? Yes, all the time. Yes, and I, I think so. What was the context of that when you heard that? I think it was on a bumper sticker. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely outside the context. I mean, I've heard it in the context of, of Stack Overflow and Stack Exchange as well. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, one of those things that people tell you, you know, you raise your hand in class and, hey, I have, I have what's probably a stupid question. And someone says... There's no such thing as a stupid question, only stupid answers or bad answers or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, that's definitely where I've heard it before. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Juan, what about you? Yeah, similar. I think I think mine has uh, has come from, you know, sometimes even HR presentations or things. Mm. Ah, know, where, yes. Where people are describing, you know, here's the benefits that you get if you sign this, this happens, and, you know, they'll tell you, and it's okay if you ask any questions because there's no such thing as a bad, as a bad question. Now, I have, a, I have another question. Is that true? Like in the HR presentation or in the classroom presentation, can you think of maybe some questions that were bad? <laughs> yeah, I mean, de definitely some bad ones. I think, I think, I think the bad ones are the ones where obviously people were not paying attention, and the presenter or the teacher just said that very same thing. Like, write your name at the top of the test before you start, and some raise their hand. Okay, where do we write our name? Well, that that's that's not a good question. <laughs> obviously, we're not paying attention. Juan, the uh, Juan, the former teacher over here seems yeah. to be speaking oh, from man. experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. All it never fails. I think uh, I think in the HR presentations you get uh, you know people who were clearly just not listening and ask a question that was already addressed. But for something like that, I think you can bet that probably a good proportion of the rest of the audience also wasn't listening, and so <laughs> the repetition is actually beneficial to most of the people there. That's true. Uh, I was. I remember uh, a class I took, a history class, and um, the the class would always start off great. You know, the professor was really a great teacher, and and then you know about 15 minutes in, someone would raise their hand and ask a question, and it's I recognize this person after a few classes, and I just knew that this person would ask a question that was purposely controversial to like drive the professor off of his game so that mm. he would talk about something else and uh it just was so aggravating you you like i would roll my eyes and say like what does this have to do with the topic we're talking about today and why can't you let this professor just talk because he's awesome and he's not so much fun when he's talking about your boring question <laughs> This is the, the, the student who, who kind of just asks a question because they want to, to show off how smart they are, not because they want the answer. Uh, yeah, I almost think it was even like if the professor doesn't uh, lecture on something, then they can't test you on it sort of idea, mm, yeah. which is not true, but I think that's what they were thinking. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're still responsible for the material, even though they didn't, they didn't particularly bring it up. Yeah, there's still a book or some other research paper you've got to read to get cut up. Yeah. Even yeah. if you manage to just get the professor to talk about a sandwich all day or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> you won't be tested on that sandwich. You will be tested on the reading. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so we're obviously talking about Stack Overflow and Stack Exchange and sort of the lifeblood of our sites is questions. You got to have someone to ask the question. Otherwise, uh, there's no space for the answers to go. And um, 
So, Abby, I'm going to pick on you because I I know that um, uh, you haven't uh, you haven't thought about this as much. But uh, yeah. what would what would you think would be a good way to measure the quality of a question? That's that's really really hard uh, as as we know because we've been trying to figure it out um, for a long time. Obviously, we have upvotes and downvotes on questions uh, the same way as we do on answers. And I think the little hover text on the upvote and downvote is this question is helpful and shows research effort or mm -hmm. like the downvote says this so, this shows no research effort and, and um, the upvote. Uh, I don't know if those vary, if, the, if they're all um, the same on all the sites or if that's just the Stack Overflow hover text that I can remember. Um, but to me, that seems like a very uh, somewhat simplistic way of thinking about the value of a question um, because as we've talked about before, the value of a question, the, the, the value of a question is really in um, the quality of the answers that it generates, that it spurs people to write. You know, if there are um, really good anecdotes or, or nuggets of information that now exist on the internet because someone was inspired to write them based on this question, uh, that to me makes the question valuable and that makes it a better question, even though if, you know, you look at it, look at it in a vacuum, look at the post by itself, it's not particularly interesting. Um, so the answer to your question, I guess, the short answer to your question, which I think is a good question, by the way, <laughs> is I have no idea. Or rather, I, I can make it as, as complicated as uh, as possible just by thinking through it a little bit because um, it's really much more intricate, in my opinion, than just kind of, oh, this is useful or this mm -hmm. seems like they tried a lot or something like that. Yeah, I, I would I would chime in with, uh, I think I think the 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 measure of how good a question is, I think, also has to do with how how well it has how well it has served those listening or waiting for an answer. So mm -hmm. if if somebody asks a question uh, and and the answer is 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 not useful, then maybe the question wasn't a good question because it the answer it generated again, so it wasn't useful to those listening, which is subjective, which is what makes it hard, right? Yeah. Like, what the what's the best color in the world? Um, you know what? <laughs> Orange. You know, on, on, a, on a scale of one to ten, yeah. On a scale of one to ten, what's your favorite color of the alphabet? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't, I don't answer that. <laughs> Yeah, or or even a question where it's like, um, oh, I'm having this really difficult time uh, with this with this code, and then uh, the answer is, well, you you forgot a semicolon, and mm -hmm. and and that's the problem. And so like the the question might sound like it would be super helpful to future readers because it's like, oh, I also have a problem with this thing. And then mm -hmm. you get to the, the answer, it's like, uh, well, I didn't forget the semicolon, so that answer doesn't help me at all. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of a waste yeah. of time. And that's that's an area where we might look at that question and think, oh, what a great question. You know, they're really trying. It's well written. Um, you know, they're showing their code. They're showing their work. It really looks like it's going to be useful. But then the answer is, you know, maybe you <laughs> forgot the semicolon. And so that's another one where you kind of have to judge the question based on the answer, which is hard to do until there's an answer. You know, you yes. can't really do that in a vacuum. And so you don't know if maybe this amazing question or it looks amazing is really just, uh, you know, hey, you, you changed the name of a variable and forgot to do it in this other place or whatever. You know, not that actually that interesting of an answer. So you never really know, I guess. Can you even really measure the quality of the question? I don't know, Abby. How, how, how do we even know any of this is real? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Juan is on my level. <laughs> Continue, John. Don't, don't let us divert you. I, well, that reminded me, you could always tell on campus when someone was taking a philosophy class because <laughs> they started talking about um, 
you know, evil demons and whether or not we were living in a jar, you know, brain in a jar. <laughs> and nobody else ever thinks about that until you take your first uh, philosophy class. And that's like, very am true. I, am I living in a jar? It's it's funny that you mentioned that because my one of my kind of side side projects, John, outside of work has been I've been doing a lot of reading about kind of Buddhist philosophy uh-huh. and, uh, you know, things things along those lines, just sort of a, a casual, you know, hobby reading. Um, so that probably is where a lot of that comes from, actually. I'm not in a class, but I might as well be. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I think both of you touched on something that I, I thought of when I first started using Stack Overflow, which is that... Um, Really, when you get right down to it, the quality of a question depends on the quality of the answers. And I've, I have definitely found that where like, you will go to a question and someone will have just copied and pasted their homework and they didn't do any research and it doesn't look like it'd be useful to anyone else in the world. And then you get some really uh, thoughtful and smart and diligent answer uh, who comes along and says, you know, this is a good or maybe it is not necessarily the best, but it is a place where I can talk about this other, you know, this other thing that sort of touched on the question. You get this long, detailed, wonderful answer, and suddenly that the question gets upvotes because the answer was so helpful that it's like, well, obviously the question was helpful too. Mm-hmm. And then people edit it and you know make it a better question, all that sort of thing. Um, so I'm sure you all are are just in suspense about how I think. <laughs> The, the questions. I noticed none of you asked me, so I'm gonna ask myself. <laughs> hey, 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 John! I got a question for you. Oh uh, yes, how, Abby. How do you think we can measure the quality of a question? Just out of curiosity. Uh, Abby, that is a great question. I like that. <laughs> I'm not you, sure I'm gonna you. answer your question, Abby, because it took you so long to ask it. Um, well, I didn't do this research, but we had, uh, we had, uh, we have. Well, we have a wonderful. Um, data team uh, who will answer questions like this and, and go and do some research. And we wanted to come up with a very simple question grade. And um, and the, the formula that we ended up with was we looked at, uh, we decided to grade questions as good, bad, and neutral. So we are definitely saying there is such thing as a bad question. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this isn't going to be perfect because, uh, well, there's a lot of reasons. Um, but w- when we looked at good questions, we decided that a good question was one that had a score greater than zero, or it had at least one answer and a score of zero, mm. uh, and it wasn't closed, And <clears throat> which is all hard to say because there's a bunch of parentheses in there that you probably can't pick up on. Um, but the basic idea is if, if people have t- taken the time to upvote a question, it's probably a good question. And... Uh, right now, there aren't. Uh, there are many questions that don't get upvotes at all, and so we say, well, if it doesn't get any vote, you know, up or down, uh, if someone went and took the time to answer it, then that's also a sign that that's a that's a good question. Mm-hmm. And and if it has a score of zero and an answer, uh, but that score of zero comes because two people upvoted it and two people downvoted it, that's still a, a good question, even though it has those two downvotes. Yeah, um, I mean, I could definitely see arguing whether or not that made sense because I I think the downvotes indicate might even be a stronger signal than the upvotes uh, potentially, mm. but um, but for the purpose, it's a simpler test, right? Because um, you have to go through a little extra effort. The score is something we can find right away. Um, so kind of an approximation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, this is good. This is good. I mean, this isn't even, this isn't even taken into account. Uh, cultures where voting is seen as negative, mm-hmm. you know, where, where you don't want to necessarily go and downvote because that's, that's, that goes against, you know, social norms or, or upvote for the same reason that goes against mm-hmm. social norms. And so, so yeah, I mean, the, as, as you mentioned already, John, uh, this is this is just one way of looking at it, right? I mean, this didn't cover all the bases. Uh, there's, yeah. there's definitely room for for arguments uh, either way. But I, I like that. So a good a good question, a bad question, and then a, a neutral a neutral question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's a neutral question? Yeah. So a neutral question. It's probably easier to talk about a bad question, which is either oh, yeah. uh, closed. Um, so you know we have a, a process for closing questions that's separate from voting, and then uh, the other criteria for a bad question if it's less than a zero score. And the reason it's easier to talk about that is um, the neutral questions are all the ones that are left over. And I everything could read, else, right. Yeah, I could read you that, but it's, uh, you know, you can also read the post or, <laughs> or, <laughs> it, or think about it. It sounds like neutral is basically a question that no one has paid any attention to. Um, you know, no one bothered to answer it, no one bothered to downvote it or upvote it, no one bothered to close, close it. it. Um, yeah. So it's just kind of an, it's just kind of nothing. It's in a, it's neutral. It's in a liminal space. It's not a um, something that anyone has said. Yes, this is worth my attention because it's so good or so bad. Uh, I'm just going to leave it there. That's exactly right. And uh, we have a lot of questions that are in that sort of neutral category, um, which is. Um, uh, you know, from from a data science perspective, it just means we don't have any signal, so we mm-hmm. we don't know. I mean, <laughs> short of like some sort of language processing to figure out what the question actually was, we just don't have any signal about it. Oh, so it's it's not even that the que- that we think that the questions are neutral. It's that we, like you said, don't have signal, so we can't mm-hmm. we, can't we can't make measure. a determination about good or bad. It's just there because we don't know, right? Yeah, that's I would say so. I would if if it were up to me. Uh, I would want to categorize every question as good or bad, uh, just to mm-hmm. get that binary. Um, but we can't. I mean, like, if you ask a question and and nobody has bothered to to rate it, how how do we know? Like, yeah. So what are we doing with this? Um. So the big thing that we've done with this is uh, A/B tests. Um. I'm not sure how familiar you all are with A/B tests, but uh, well, we do. We I know that a it's a great number. way to spell the name of a test because it is also the way you spell my name. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is an example of someone making a comment to the professor to derail the conversation. <laughs> to derail the conversation. All right, anyway, Abby. just just thought I'd put that in. Continue. continue. <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure everyone knows what we're talking about. My, my eyes are rolling right now. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you, um, Yeah, so an A-B test is where you, you set up uh, different groups of people, and that's where A is one group of people and B is another group of people. And normally A is just the regular, like the site as it normally is seen for most people, and B is a test where you're changing something uh, up one that we did recently is uh, we did the ask a question wizard. And before that, we did a, um, a question template. Uh, and you know some people got the template or the new, the new wizard, and other people had the boring old box that they had to struggle with. And, uh, and so we were able to use question grades to see, does this make a difference? You know, does it increase good questions, decrease bad questions? Uh, are people asking more or fewer questions? as a result. So uh, 
Cool. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about the results of that later if you all I've, want to. What I was going to ask, I was like, so, so what happened? I'm on the end of the <laughs> yeah. I see. I see. Well, the, both of those uh, features have, uh, so far, we haven't reported on the wizard, but um, I happen to have seen the results. And uh, fewer bad questions, which is uh, a big goal for these projects. Uh, more good questions, but fewer questions overall. And um, and so that's that's actually a good sign uh, because it means that um, you remember how you were talking about the hover text that said research effort. Yeah. Um, one of the things I think this shows is that if we tell people in the question box, "Hey, you need to do a little bit more research," um, people will say, "You know what? I didn't actually need to ask this question after all. I'll find my an my own answer." Or. Uh, there's or maybe I maybe I did find my answer in the course of of writing out my question. We we love it when that happens. When um you know you're you're so invested in writing out your your steps to reproduce your problem and explaining yep. what you've tried so far that you end up actually figuring it out yourself and either not posting the question or posting a self answered question, which we also encourage. Yeah, the self answered question. I when I hit that point where I'm like, oh, I already know the answer. It's like um. Do I want to answer my own question, write a self-answered question for the points? And uh, I often do because I love getting <laughs> points. <laughs> That's great. And, and you should. You should. I mean, th those kinds of things are helpful. Yeah. So. Yeah. And we all love points. Right. <laughs> points are good. Points are mm -hmm. good. So c continue, John, with uh, with walking us through this experiment. Um, yeah. So the 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 other thing that happened is just fewer people asked questions and and um, and that's not really something that the question grade uh, situation gets at. Um, but we actually think that's a positive because um, we think that some of the people who stopped asking questions would have asked a question that would not have been upvoted, might have been downvoted, might not have been answered. Um, so yeah, it's a really useful tool for us. Uh, again, it's, a, it's an approximation. It's a simplification. Like ideally, we would, um, we, you know, we'd be able to go into more, more depth. Um, mm -hmm. But given the signals that we have, we don't have all that. Well, I, I think we're kind of close to our time. Does anyone have any last minute questions or comments about questions? I just, uh, uh, something I always think about with questions is something that I think Joel said or used to say repeatedly uh, back in the day, which is, you know, the, the, the value of a question is similar to the value of a Wikipedia stub, you know, when you're, when you're asking a question, yeah, you have information that you, that you want to get, that you're trying to solve or whatever, but really what you're doing is um, inspiring someone else to come along and say, oh, hey, I know about that thing. I could write a whole Wikipedia article about this. Uh, I just didn't know that someone wanted it, but now I do. And then they come, you know, they sit down and they write the, write the article or they write answers to the question or whatever. And so um, that kind of forward looking view of how to ask a question, I think, is valuable, but also really, really, really hard to explain and teach people who just have a problem right now that they want to get solved, you know? Uh, so it's kind of our, our perennial problem is to balance the needs of someone asking right now versus the needs of uh, the people who will come back and, and see this artifact in the future and be grateful that it exists. So it's a, it's a hard, it's a, a tough nut to crack. Uh, I think we've got a, a pretty good system for it, but I'm, I'm psyched that we do this kind of research and can always be looking to, to make it better. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. John, let, let me ask you, are there are there other things that you may have wanted to to tweak in terms of your definition for a good answer or a bad answer? Yeah, I mean, I think there are a few things. Um, 
uh, well, a good question or a bad question, I think you meant to say. Uh, but um, yeah, so one of the things is um, if if I ask a question and then I provide my own answer, uh, that doesn't really show that I had a good question in the first place. Um, so you could you can do that and, and end up with a you know, self-answered question that looks like it's good. Uh, fortunately, that's not terribly, terribly common. Um, people, well, maybe unfortunately, people don't tend to a answer their own question as much as I would like. Um, I, I think there would be some things around uh, who is voting and you know, like if uh, uh, let me let me let me figure out how to explain this. So, if uh, yeah, I guess that doesn't make any, that doesn't make any difference. I was going to say uh, like if the person who asked the question upvotes the answer, but we don't actually consider the score of the answer. So maybe that's the other mm -hmm, tweak. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. maybe answers that get downvoted uh, shouldn't count as answering the question. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's a few things. I think everything I think of makes it more complicated, but uh, only improves our decision process on the on the margins. So it makes it slightly better in some edge cases. But for the volume we're looking at for Stack Overflow, uh, and even for you know our large Stack Exchange sites, it's just not going to matter. Um, this is a good enough approximation, and I think we need to be comfortable with something that is broadly. Uh, right, even if it's not completely accurate. Um, not letting the perfect be the enemy of the good. Exactly. That sounds like us. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, in certain situations, right? I mean, like how many times have we thought, oh, this would be a great feature. Oh, but it has this one downside. And instead of just like, oh, let's do it. We say, nope, we can't do it. Slam on the brakes. So hopefully we're getting better at that, at not uh, not letting the perfect be the enemy of the good. But uh, but even so, I think I, it happens. I think we are. I think um, that's definitely been a trap. I mean, it's an easy trap for anyone to fall into and something we've been susceptible to. But doing research like this and actually setting up, um, you know, we're going to run this A-B test on the on the Ask a Question Wizard, and we're we're going to define our terms, you know, figure out how we're going to measure the grade of, uh, the grade of a question uh, beforehand. That's the methodical approach that we were missing for a long time, yep. and so we're sort of like, well, we see this one big edge case, and that's scary, so let's not. Instead of actually looking and seeing, okay, what are the results if we do try this? Um, and that makes it a whole lot a uh, whole lot less scary. So I'm I'm psyched that we're doing stuff like this. This is really cool. Yeah, me too. Well, we uh, we do have uh, a sponsor. Uh, for this amazing podcast. Uh, so if you're interested in finding out what our sponsor is, you can keep listening. But if you don't care and you just want to, you know, let us collect money and not have to, you know, assault years with our sponsor, you can stop listening right now. Um, so our sponsor this week is the Top Bar. Do you know that every site on the Stack Exchange Network has a Top Bar? And they're all the same. Like, for a long time, they weren't. And, and now they're pretty much the same. Uh, and it's uh, it's a striking black color, and it uh, you can you can set it up so that it floats, so it follows you down, so you can always have the number, uh, you know, the your reputation score and the number of badges at the top of the page, even when you scroll down. Uh, Amazing! It's, it's incredible. And then you know, if something happens on the site, uh, like someone upvotes one of your answers or responds to your question or something like that. Oh my goodness! You get this little notification. It's awesome. Amazing red number. Red number. And you know what? <laughs> Those red numbers are almost always things you care about. You want to to <laughs> press that button to find out what the thing is. It's not like 
other sites you might have heard about uh, <coughs> LinkedIn, where the numbers, you just don't care <laughs> what the result is. So I think the top bar is amazing. I, I got to say, never, never once have I clicked on that red number in my top bar and been disappointed to find it was just something about, you know, how many potatoes my Aunt Hilda's virtual farm <laughs> needed me to donate or, or whatever, which is, you know, I've, I've seen that on some sites and I've, I've got to say we've, we've steered clear of that somehow. So that number is always interesting. <laughs> yeah, the farm, the fake virtual potatoes, uh, that I'm sure that's fascinating to someone, but, uh, but you don't have to know about it, Abby. I have an idea. I have an idea for our next podcast or maybe for, for our next experiment. What if we replace reputation points with virtual potatoes in a farm game? Let's see what happens. What do you guys think? I think it's great. <laughs> uh, well, um, okay. <laughs> like, I don't want to like stifle progress by, you know, just snap answering, but you know, all right, we could try it, I guess. Let's, let's, it's not like the perfect be the enemy of the potato. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think I'm going to say goodbye on that wonderful <laughs> note. <laughs> I, uh, I I promise to, to be a little more organized next time we do one of these podcasts. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you later, Juan and Abby. All right. Cool. Thanks, y'all. This is Bye, fun. everyone. Talk to you soon.